1: Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And we've got some pretty exciting stuff that we want to talk about today. Uh, We're going to get Grizz on the phone here in a couple of minutes and talk about some of the stuff that we've got putting together. But uh, if you you act fast, listen to the show, we may have a very special idea for Father's Day for you this year. Um, We're going to start off talking about uh, some new fishing line products from Berkeley. And then we're going to bring in uh, Ray Young from Young's Lobster Pound. Not pond, pound. But I guess a pound is like a dog pound. That's where you keep things. Well, he keeps lobsters. And so we're going to learn everything there is to know about Maine lobsters. And we, of course, want to make sure that you do understand that you need to go to fishtalkradio.com. We've got some exciting things that are going to be happening in the next couple of weeks uh, that I can't quite tell you about now, but you're going to be really excited about it. We're going to be changing the format a little bit and the subject matter, but everything that you've got right now, nothing's going to go away. We're just going to make it bigger and better, so stay tuned for that. And we'd also like you to go to fishtalkradio.com and uh, let us know. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting places and trips that, uh, if anybody's interested in joining us on, uh, we'd love to have you. And if there's any place, and again, coming up, we're going to be coming up with some new places, very exotic places that. Uh, um, maybe Grizz will have a chance to share with us when uh, we get hold of him. So anyway, stay tuned. Go to fishtalkradio.com, and we'll be right back with you.
0: Lake Cabot, seventh place in America's top 100 family-friendly places to boat and fish, the lake is in the Bay Area, only 45 minutes away from San Francisco. This scenic destination boasts over a dozen hiking and biking trails, trophy-sized fish, boat rentals, Bay Area kayak tours, and a picturesque eating area at the surprisingly delicious cafe. Tell them John Hennigan sent you, and they'll even give you a special gift on California parks. Visit LakeCabotRecreation.com for information. That's LakeCabotRecreation.com. Well, I love her But I love the fish I spend all day out on this lake And hell is all I catch But today she met me at the door Said I would have to choose If I hit that fishing hole today She'd be packing all her things And she
1: Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hannigan in studio. And we have um, the, the lineman, I guess, uh, Joe Meyer, that uh, works for uh, one of the biggest and best fishing outfitters in the in the world i guess now wouldn't you say so joe i don't think uh, there's anybody bigger than you guys either
4: I, i'm 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 biased but i think we're one of the biggest but probably i would have to say the best yeah
1: <laughs> and then of course that would be the berkeley family of uh fishing products
4: yes and uh, Lake, Iowa. just
1: uh, just a, a real quick thing because i don't want to spend a lot of time on that but how many different lines do you guys have
4: uh, North America, would be the uh, spider, uh, spider Wire, Strand, and uh, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: what Joe does is oversees uh, the development of new products. Is that fair to say? Yep, yep, the Superline products, you betcha. And you got some Superline products that I want to hear all about. So I know some of the things that... Uh, uh, that you have, you can't really talk a whole lot about because they're not on the shelves yet. But as far as what you can talk about, would you mind doing that?
4: Yeah, I think we actually got two of them that we're going to start with. One is I'm going to actually go in the Spiderwire family of things. Um, Spiderwire people love a lot of stealth. Spiderwire stealth, and there's a great following of our stealth products. And that you know we have the camo side of it, where it's the brown camo. Now we have blue camo. Oh. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. We have done blue camo and, and soon to be another color of that coming out.
1: Now, the um, concept of color in fishing line, if you don't mind me interrupting you. Yeah, it's fine. Is that you hear different theories. I know some time ago they came out with red because it was like the lowest color on the scale or something like that and supposed to be mostly invisible underwater. Um, you know, and, you know, of course, these, the old mono still works. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the um, uh, fluorocarbon, which seems to be pretty much invisible underwater. But can you give us a just a kind of a, a real uh, quick synopsis on the color of line and how that affects what the fishermen can see and what the fish can see?
4: Yeah and then, you know that's a great segue into that is traditionally it's moss green you know a lot of companies have the moss green color out there in in superline products or braided products it kind of covers a lot of waters that people have out there it blends in probably the best with vegetations that you have out there and that's for people that say I really want to have a line that blends in you know with all the surroundings but then you get into the specific colors and I would have to say the the clientele that is maybe getting a little older, like I'm probably I'm turning 55, I, you want a line that I can actually see more now because my eyes aren't near as good as they were. So people really want a high-vis line where they can see the line, and then you'll actually detect bites because I can, I can see the line. Some moss greens on a green-shaded lake, man, I'm looking around, and I can't find my line. So they'll like a high-vis chartreuse color. Mm-hmm. But there are people that would rather have their an oranger color versus a chartreuse color, and then the the translucent or white colored lines people like those as well because they like the different colors that I can see this color better than that now, my buddy might like a different color because he can see it better now there are offshore vessels that like the multitude of colors because then they will have. Six lines out, and they'll put a different color on oh. each line, and then they're out there going, "Ooh, the blue line's going. Got to go get to the blue rod, or the the rod with the blue line on it." And they know where it's at. Versus, I'm mm-hmm. got a tangle or something going on. Well, I was just when
1: you mentioned, I was just thinking it might be make it a lot easier when, you know, heaven forbid, you get uh, some lines mixed up together. You know which which one belongs where.
4: Absolutely, and then you get into we have our camel lines. And now there's the varied pattern, so it's not just a single color. So like a brown camo should match better with different vegetations, but it's not vegetations as one color. But there is another aspect of some camo colors that you'll get is now I see a color transition on my line. If my line is moving, mm-hmm. I can see that transition moving. Mm-hmm. And like Berkeley, Trilene braid That is, we call it the tracer color, where there's two-and-a-half foot one color, two-and-a-half another foot the other color. And it was the concept where the name came out was, you know, hey, it's like the tracer bullet. I can see that, you know hate to see bullets out there, but... Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my kind of fishing. <laughs> but,
4: yeah, but the point there is, you know, they trace that bullet so they can now see that bullet with the little tracer flare thing that goes with it. Where here, I got my line that changes color every two and a half feet, because now it's like that tracer. I, I know where my line is going, whether it's in the air or whether I'm fishing or I'm still fishing and a a fish comes up and picks up and takes off with my bait, I see that color transition moving. Mm -hmm. And it it actually gives people a a line washer's line that you'll be able to react better to fish strikes and bites, and you'll Mm -hmm. catch more fish with it. That's really the whole gist on a lot of those colors.
1: Well, I know that a a lot of things that come out Things are more designed to catch the angler than they are to catch the fish. They go, "Oh, this thing is going to work so well." You got to buy it, and you know sometimes you get something that makes sense and it works. But a lot of times, it's you know it's a gimmick, and it's kind of hard to tell what really does work. Now, when you're talking about fishing line and colors, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit dubious, but uh, um, I can. It certainly makes sense. That uh, so you get a, a moss-colored um, line in a in a grassy water or a murky water that uh, the fish are going to have a difficult time seeing it. Yeah. But uh, give us an idea about the vision of a fish and how that works. I mean, do they see the well. same things we see? Are their eyes the same? Or
4: well, <laughs> we should get our marine biologist involved for that one. i, I not, not probably not my strongest suit, but I do know that fish don't see quite near as well as we do, but oh. and, and it's different. You know, like uh, in the upper Midwest, a walleye, why you see it glow at night? Is it so large? It's sucking in whatever light it can, so it can see the bait fish that goes by. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I, I know they're they're. Little, Fish eyes are are different than ours, and they may may not see as specific as colours as we do they'll see shades, probably more shades of it versus a specific colour if there there's a blue there's a thing they'll they'll see refractive indexes that may be different than others. Mm-hmm. but won't see what we probably would we, we typically would see.
1: Well with um, their, with their lateral lines and their sense of smell, uh, I think they probably rely more on that, especially if you're in deeper water or less visible water.
4: Yes, ab- absolutely there.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But it comes down to that you know the colors are really as you'd say, there's a, there is a science behind it, but it also then becomes that personal preference of right. why would we do a tracer line? And really it was to give you, that visibility of your line, to actually, so you catch more fish and you can well, detect bites by Joe, seeing your we're, line move.
1: We're, we're almost out of time, Ooh. but there's one particular uh, line. I don't yeah. know if you're allowed to talk about it yet, but you and I have been kind of talking on the side about it for the last month or so.
4: I'll, I'll give a little teaser here. You know, okay. out, out in the coastal areas, you'll see a lot of people with hollow braids, and uh, we have had that in the past, and we'll be coming out this fall with some new hollow braid. And man, the the same comments coming back. Super strong, uh, and and there's a there's a place for people to fish with hollow braids because you get a smooth transitional splice when you go from the mm-hmm. the hollow product to your top shot. Well, and especially
1: if you're about as good as I am as far as tying lines together. In particular, if you're trying to put a, a micro braid uh, together with a uh, you know f- with with a mono or a different <laughs> kind of line, I just you know, without trying a big knot I can't seem to be able to do it. And this you know, the bimini twist where you have to do the you know, the dance to do the to do the yeah. knot. But uh, no, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to that.
4: Yeah, it should be a, it should be a great product out okay. there, and the where we've had it, it's super strong and super uh, uh, real, durable.
1: Real, real quickly, a website that people can look up some of this stuff.
4: Uh, definitely our Berkeley, 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 or Berkeley-tackle. Berkeley Dash Tackle. Berkeley Tackle. Berkeley Dash Tackle will come up, and then the Spider Wire website. Okay. Typically, the two best ones that come okay. in and you can Berkeley, dive into it.
1: Berkeley Dash Tackle. Okay. Yep. .com. Okay. Thank you, Joe.
0: it's time to enjoy the biggest Southern California reservoir located in Hemet just 90 minutes from Los Angeles and San Diego. Getting away from the summer heat, fall and winter bring ideal fishing weather, world-renowned for its black bass fishing, also home to the bluegill and red ear sunfish, rainbow trout, and both blue and channel catfish. Bring your boat or rent one of ours. Tell them John Hennigan sent you, and they'll give you a special gift on California parks. Visit dvmarina.com. That's dvmarina.com.
4: Welcome his Bo-
1: to fish welcome Fish talk radio this is John Hennigan in studio and we have the line um, with us is Ray or Raymond I guess depending on how well you know him young at Young's Lobster pound. Now, when I first heard that word, I thought it was pond. Okay, well, lobster pond. But no, it's kind of think of, uh, you know, a dog pound is where they hold things. Well, uh, these aren't dogs, believe me. But uh, Ray has a place where he holds lobsters. Lobster, <laughs> as you might say in, in Boston. But uh, first of all, Ray, we're, I've got a ton of questions, but let's first of all talk a little bit about your operation, what it is that you do.
7: Okay, well, we're in Belfast, Maine, right on the water, and uh, we have fishermen that come in every day, daily, every day the the and Weigh up their stuff and then we size them out in the tank, different sizes, from anything from a pound to four and a half pounds. And, and they stay there about two or three days, enough to get the fish and the feed out of what they've been caught on. And then they either get shipped or, or eaten at the restaurant, or uh, they may be shipped to a supermarket or restaurant right hand you by. So mm-hmm. we do a little everything.
1: Well, in uh, the area that I live in, which is Santa Barbara and the Pacific Coast, uh, above north of Los Angeles, we have what's called as a spiny lobster. Now, normally, if I'm looking for lobster for dinner or something, I'd to go to Costco and get the tails for like twenty bucks a pound, and you, it yields like ninety-five percent. And right. spiny lobster, the wholesale price on them here is over twenty dollars a pound. And you don't really get the claws, and there's not that much of a tail on it. So, if you figure out what you're really paying, you know, for the meat, it's, it's incredible. But apparently, the reason it's so expensive is that, uh, you know, probably 90% of them are shipped, to uh, shipped overseas. You know, as soon as they as soon as they hit the deck, yeah. You know, to uh, apparently the Japanese and the Chinese love spiny lobster. But okay, fine. I mean, it's not that I turn it down, but you know, of course, everybody's favorite is Maine lobster.
7: Right. Well, our market has picked up too. Some of the shipping from Dover, City, the Japanese, Japan, China, as well. So um, we do Maine ships a fair amount of live product over there now. But, uh, but still, uh, all in all, I mean, it hasn't really changed our price too much up here. Uh, It might have
1: been maybe 50 cents a pound higher than the year before, but it's not ungodly. Ray, if if I can interrupt you just for a second, we have our other host, Mike Ritz, the Grizz from La Paz, who's uh, finally getting around to calling in. Apparently, he's making wheeling and dealing and couldn't call us on time, but he's on the line with us now. So I'd just like to introduce um, Mike, the Grizz. Hello. How's everybody doing? Okay, uh, Grizz, we've got uh, Raymond Young from Young's Lobster Pound, and he just informed me that there should be some lobster sitting on my doorstep. I didn't even know he was going to send it. So, and this is Maine lobster, and I won't even ask you what you shipped, Ray, because whatever it is, I'd be happy with it. (laughs) <laughs> but I do, I, do, I do have a craving for lobster thermidor. I haven't had it for years. And, you know, you have to use Maine lobster for that.
8: Well,
7: I clear well all Maine I got to say,
8: lobster, lobster. lobster, there's no finer lobster in the world. You're going have all your lobsters down here, this tiny lobster... Rock lobsters—I don't care what you call them. If you don't have Maine lobsters, you don't have lobster.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I like that man.
1: Yeah. Well, the meat is so sweet and tasty. It is. Yeah, you're right. It's like, you know, as I was, I was mentioning earlier, I mean Costco—you can get uh, tails, uh, Australian or you know, it's. Uh, um, you know, it's cold water or rock lobster, but you can get the tails for right around 20 bucks a pound, and they yield like 90%. And we're saying that the spiny lobster around here, when it comes in off the boat and hits the deck, um, you know, the retail price on it's over 30 bucks a pound. And so that's like a two pound is 60 bucks. Uh, I don't think so. But, you know, if that's what you want. But I'd prefer, you know, the sweet meat from, can you imagine making lobster bisque out of, uh, (laughs) you know, out of rock lobster? I don't think so.
7: Mm, Kind of chewy, I think. Well, the thing about uh,
8: Maine lobster, you don't want to make anything out of it. You just want to have hot butter. You want to sit down and eat lobster. And the best of it all is the claw. My God, that's what it is. And I'll tell you right now, John, If it, when I go to a restaurant and a lot of people give us lobster, I say, that's okay, I'll pass on the lobster, just double up on the shrimp. Yeah. Because it's just not <laughs> worth eating.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk for a minute. We're I mentioned about spiny lobster off the Pacific where we are. Uh, let's talk just for a minute about the uh, lobster in Mexico because it's, it's very popular. Pump- very popular down there, but um, I'll make a couple of comments, but I want to hear from you first.
8: What? The lobster down here in Mexico? They're yes. horrible. <laughs> they're dry. They're chewy. You start chewing on one, it's like it gets into a ball. Yeah. Uh, there's, they have Most of them do not have any flavor. You have to have garlic and salt on them to make them taste like something. And that's the way the spiny lobster is down here. It's, yeah. it's horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, if you've ever had Maine, maybe if you've never had a Maine lobster, you can say, oh, how great it is. But if you've ever had a Maine lobster, I mean, there's no comparison. It's like eating an a, a Alaskan king crab and eating a Dungeness crab. Yeah. Well, come on. There's no
1: comparison. Not inside, no, they're, well, they're both pretty good, but, yeah, yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they are completely different. Um, and I don't know, maybe Ray can comment on it. To me, lobster has to come from cold water.
7: There you go. You hit it right on the head. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's comment cold on lobster, that. Yeah.
7: Yeah, cold water does, a, does a, a wonderful thing for these. Oh, I don't know what it is that brings the sweetness out in the lobster or even a Alaskan king crab, but by the north we go, the, the better
1: they get. Right, but uh, well, most you know, I mean, you can get uh, um, other shellfish that doesn't have to come from cold water, but most most of the good stuff does.
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, even, I've eaten fish down Florida and Keys and here in A.R. Mexico, whatever. But uh, even our fish, if you like I call I just got that little bit more of a, a salty a brine, I guess that when you cook it, it brings the sweetness out of the, out of, the of the texture of the fish or the lobster mm-hmm. whatever. So I don't know. I think it's the cold water that really doesn't me and the solidity of our seawater up here.
1: Okay. Well, fortunately, we're going to keep you on for the next segment because I want to learn more about catching lobster um, and some of the other things that you find uh, on the ocean floor uh, up around your part. Is a, yeah. It's a very, very interesting in, in how they travel. I, I'll tell you a real quick story. Um, I had uh, some local lobster, gosh, I guess it's been, it must have been about 10 years ago, we had a, somebody gave me, and I put it in a refrigerator in a burlap bag for a day, and then I got it out getting ready to use it, and I put them, these lobster on the table, and we had a little dog, and I hear all this commotion in the backyard, <laughs> And I go out there and there's like, you know, I don't know, there's four or six lobsters. And uh, this dog was chasing them and those suckers could move. You know, they get their tail flapping and man it was uh, it was uh, it was crazy trying to, you know, corral them all back up again. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, anyway, that yeah, they do, and we'll you know we'll talk about harvesting them. And from what I understand, you know that's that's how you catch them is when they're moving from you know different waters. But right. uh, um, you know, let's talk some more about Maine lobster itself. And Grizz, I'm sure, can join in because he he likes to he likes to eat good food.
7: No, we all <laughs> well, there's no reason to eat bad food unless you're poor.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm poor, but you still get some lobster. Depends on who you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh...
7: Well, you know, the, the harvest in there, I mean, uh, uh, the lobsters are coming in uh, at a slower pace right now. Our water is quite cold up here right now. So they're uh, they start out in the deep water this time of the year and they've slowly worked their way in to uh, molt their shell or shed their shell so they can grow to the next size up.
1: So, um,. The boys that well when when you say when you say deep water how deep is deep?
7: Well, they're right now they're off in around 180 feet of water right now, uh-huh. um, and then they'll come right in as low as eight, ten feet of water to set this out, depending, right. you know where they've shed before in the past, they pretty much come to the same place and shed their shell every year.
1: Oh, it's
7: a feature of a habit, and I guess. Wherever they was born, they come right back that way and shed again.
1: Well, that's what. Well, well I, I know you've got a restaurant, and I want to hear some information. Um,
8: Can I back uh, up a minute, buddy? And I got a question. I always wanted to know about Maine lobster. Maine lobster shed their shell. Am I correct? Right. Now, have you ever had one in the soft stage and cooked yes. the whole thing? What would it be like? I've had uh, crabs and like I've blue had rod in mm-hmm. It.
1: Mm-hmm.
8: Soft. Yeah, you can do this. I've the... never.
7: Huh? Uh, you, I've had them, you know, they'll shed right here in the tank. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll take them out and then the skinners the skin on there is a i mean if you first just get them before they the that uh outside skin rubberizes a little bit that that outside skin's a little rubbery but other than that, I mean, yeah, you can chew fast; it's all right. So. Okay. the only thing would have to do is uh, the cut out around the very head great. of the well, lobster with the eyes and
1: mouth there. Ray, you've got a restaurant there. Fortunately, we're going to keep you over to the next segment, uh, and we're going to find out more about you know what to do with this lobster once you get it. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio, and we're going
0: to be right back. Lake Hemet your mountain lake escape in the San Jacinto Mountain Range near Idlewild. The bustling summer season has left the lake quiet and peaceful. Perfect for fishing, boating, and RV camping. Visit LakeHemetRecreation.com for details. That's LakeHemetRecreation.com.
2: If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit wrvoradio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio and enjoy the great outdoors. Fishing. That's what I'll do. Think about nothing, not even you. Catch me in a big one, a five speckled trout. Slapping in the water.
1: Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Heddington in studio. And I would like to say that uh, Raymond or Ray Young at uh, Young's Logster Pound, um, I was fortunate enough to get him on the show today. And after thinking about it, I got 12 minutes is not nearly long enough. So we're doing another segment on it so we can get uh, some more information. And, of course, Father's Day is coming up. And if you get the, the show early enough, and uh, he can ship them out probably the same day or the next day. And you might still be able to get them for Father's Day. I and mean, what a treat is that. But, uh, Ray, you have a restaurant along with your wholesale retail business, so you've got some pretty good ideas on what to do with lobster. Can you give us you know, some of the uh, more popular items at your men- on your menu at the restaurant?
7: Yeah, well, I suppose we a famous one. Well, one of the other things. I should sure say there's plenty of things we do, but uh, yeah, we make a lobster roll with a toasted hamburger bun with lettuce, mayonnaise, and then a clear lobster meat on there. So,
1: Well, like, now, how did lobster roll? Is that chunks that you deep fry or, or no, steam it, or what?
7: No, we, uh, it's a little lobster meat. We've taken right out of the shell and. Uh, it's chunked up, cut up like the tails are cut up in pieces, and mm-hmm. the whole claws go on there, the knuckles, and and so that we don't. A lot of places mix it with mayonnaise and celery and stuff. No, we like to put a, a toasted bun, put a little bit of mayonnaise on the top and the bottom of the bun, put the clear lobster meat on so people can see what they're getting instead mm-hmm. of it just being all mixed up, and uh, and then little lettuce on top, and uh, that's uh, one of the things we do there for mm-hmm. for like a sandwich to go to eat there, and then. We do a lobster stew here that we I make with a sherry in it, and uh, mm-hmm. oh, that's very good. Um, lobster saute, we do that with hot butter and garlic. Uh, just no no shells to get through or nothing. Just dip your fork in and pull the lobster meat out, all soaked in butter and garlic, and slide her on down.
1: hmm <laughs> Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> and then there's, the uh, I don't know, but well, you
7: but, can send them to me like that. I don't yeah. have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, FedEx delivers down <laughs> there, but uh, uh, you yeah, get your own, Chris. <laughs> 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 but uh, um, the well, I've said I've got had a craving for lobster thermidor, which is pretty much the same thing. And there's isn't there such thing as a lobster boil?
7: Lobster, boy, yeah, um, we, we, that's our probably other main part of the business. We have two big kettles there where you can cook, cook five hundred pounds every fifteen minutes of lobster in the shell, and we also have a team of clams and sweet corn on and the cob. and, oh. and uh, well, we set it up. I've got one thing we call a bucket list. I design it's a comes in a big tin bucket. Comes with two pounds of uh, quarter lobsters, two pounds of clams, two pounds of mussels. Four oysters on the half shell, um, four uh, jumbo shrimp, and uh, two ears of corn.
1: Wow! Now, can oh, you, anyway. can, if somebody wants to order that online, can you ship that to them? Obviously, probably without the bucket.
7: Yeah, we can ship all that live right to them, or we can, uh, or we can send the lobsters cooked or free-cooked, and the clams and mussels go live. We don't want to cook them and try to send them because they get rubbery, so they want to cook them hot on the spot. Uh-huh. It only takes five minutes to cook at home. So
1: Right. So but that... uh,
7: no, we can send anything out we did they'd like. They so just want a couple of lobsters, or they want fish or clams, mussels, or oysters, whatever. We can send all that right to them.
1: Okay, so you do shellfish and lobster? Yes. Okay. Um, and as far as what about other menu items, Grizz Do you have any questions as far as what to do with the main lobster? Or like you said, the best thing you like to do with it is put some. Drunk, drunk uh, no, butter. what I yeah. do with
8: what what I do with uh, lobsters eating.
1: Just I don't
8: care how, yeah. Maine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever, I don't care.
1: You know, that's a just, question, get, uh, nice. too, uh, Ray. You always think of Maine lobster, but what about a little bit north a little bit south? Are those still Maine lobster? Did you say that again? If you go a little bit north or south yeah. of Maine, are they still Maine lobster?
7: No, when you get up into Canada or yeah. uh, Canada or Boston or whatever, I mean, they're still... They're still, a northeastern lobster, yes, and they're the same species and whatnot. A Canadian lobster has a lot more spots on it than ours does, but other than that, it's still a cold water lobster, and it's still the the same breed and, and brand, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they just the south of us there, lobster population is really thinned out because they don't uh, have uh, the water temperature that we do. So they're starting to move more north and. And stay down in that warmer temperature. They don't like, don't care for
1: it. Okay, yeah, they like some colder water. Uh,
7: yeah. Yeah. Well, they taste the same, don't they, in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick? Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, but, you know, what, we get I mean, I, when I was right New in in Brunswick,
8: <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference in New Brunswick or Nova Scotia. And they taste the same. And they yes, they the do. to me.
7: Yeah, all, all honesty,
8: I they do taste the, the same. I couldn't tell the difference.
7: Yeah. The
8: only oh. thing that I noticed that was different about them is they had another kind of accent.
7: Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> eh? <laughs> eh? yeah. We, <But>, uh Hey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, let's let's get back to about lobster itself and some of the things you mentioned sea, seafood. Now, one of the things I found interesting. As there is a big article about, uh, I think it's called, uh, what is it, American Crystal Eel or what, what was that American? Oh, the Glass Glass Eel, glass eel. yeah. Um, very, very interesting um, where you've got eel that they only can only reproduce in deep cold water. And then they come up uh, in, into the fresh water. And they're extremely popular in China and the Orient. And it wasn't until just a few years ago that they were able to learn how to ship them and process them uh, so that you can actually, you know, they catch them and then send them overseas. And the prices, it's absolutely Incredible what these fishermen are getting. I guess they've you know, they've clamped down on the amount that you can take now, but it was it was phenomenal. I reached uh at one point it was almost what th- I don't even want to say.
7: We were staying the boat we, the fishermen the guys that harvested them this year, they was getting twelve and thirteen hundred dollars a pound for them. Wow. And so yeah, so they get them here and they weigh them up and then uh, they sell them to the Chinese or Japanese or whatever and then they get shipped over there and then they raise them in those uh, freshwater like frog ponds over there uh-huh. and then they raise them up to size that they want and then they ship them back to the United States. If oh. <laughs> so they say they bought 1,000 eels, it's a pound and time to get over there and they grow for a year or less than a year and now they weigh... Now they weigh uh, a hundred pounds. Oh, <laughs> they sent okay. Sent over here, so you know, yeah. it's triple their money probably, and just just doing that. And yeah. So.
1: But uh, yeah, there's it's. It, I mean, this market didn't even exist a few years ago, did it?
7: No, it never. It didn't, and it just took off, and it was crazy. And uh, uh, but they had a lot of restrictions in the last year. They cut back on licenses, and you think they was getting overfished and whatnot. So. There is quite a lot of restrictions on how they get set their nets, so how many Mm they can dip net out, and and, uh, but yeah, like I say, it was when it first started, they were only starting out a couple hundred dollars a pound, and then wasn't getting enough, so then they put the price up, so people would would, uh, go get licenses and go harvest them, and then they got, then they went to a thousand, twelve, fifteen, fourteen hundred dollars, and wow. it's uh so it's right it's still up there the paying will so top dollar to get them
1: yeah but they've really cut down on the amount you can take you can't go out there and make thirty thousand dollars in one night anymore no
7: you're only you're only allowed uh so many pounds per fisherman per year
1: yeah and uh, well let's talk about harvesting lobster I'm kind of curious about that is at the, from what I understand, lobsters, they do move. And I mentioned the story earlier about the dog chasing them. Uh, those things can scoot along pretty good. So what is the process of catching lobster? I know you normally put traps out, but uh, give us an idea on, on, on how you actually catch lobster, the main lobster.
7: Well, we have a conventional trap we have to use. Uh, you can't go diving for them. You can't drag for them. It has to be only caught by a conventional lobster trap. So the trap is made up of uh, usually made up of wood slabs years ago. Now it's made out of a wire mesh. We, uh, we put some kind of a bait in there inside, like sardine, a It might be mackerel or it might be haddock heads or parts of a fish that we might use. That's the attractant. So then they set them depending on, like, this time of year they may be out in 150 feet of water. And as the water gets warmer, they start to move in the shed, the shell. So in that trap, there's two eyes. We call them funny eyes, where the hole is where they come through there. And that's where the bait is. And then they try to escape and they go up in the back into the parlor and they drop down and they're caught a second time. But also in that trap, we have escape vents now. So anything that's just under our measure, which is about a pound, still has the ability to get out of that trap and be released on its own. Mm. Also on that also on that vent, say the trap get cut off by a lobster boat or another boat won't buy and get in the trap get cut off. Right. There's, uh, we call them hog rings that hold that vent on. Well, in, I think it's a year and a half, a year and a half. Those rings are made to rot out so the whole door will tip down and anything that was in there will be able to escape and get out of there and starve to death.
1: Right. So, okay. All right. Well, that sounds great. Uh, well, that's pretty exciting stuff. And Ray, we're going to have to mention it a couple of times, but if someone wants to, you know, to, to have some lobster and you can get uh, tails, you can get claws, you can get frozen, you can get fresh, you can get shellfish, um, the best way to get in touch with you is what? The best way to get in
7: touch is that I probably our phone number here. It's 207 uh, 338. 1160 in College Direct because foot price of lobsters changes all the time. Well, I think uh, the
1: e- easy thing the website is uh, was it Young's?
7: Yeah,
1: Young's with an S, lobsters with an S at yahoo.com. Young's lobsters at yahoo.com. Give them a call, yeah. take a look at it, maybe Ray uh, will answer the phone. Ray, appreciate that very much. Thanks for all that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll get back with you real soon. So, talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy.
5: For your outdoor adventure in the West, calparksco.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Shasta Trinity Recreation Area is breathtakingly beautiful with all amenities, offering the best camping in California. California's largest reservoir, Diamond Valley, is just 90 miles from Los Angeles or San Diego, designed for an incredible fishery. At Silver Falls Lodge in Oregon, no need to rough it. Stunning beauty and first-class accommodations. Whatever your desire, calparksco.com has
3: it.
1: Always buy quality and you will not be disappointed. A.O. Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. A.O. Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. A.O. Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to AOCoolers.com. Available at West Marine.
7: I'm going
1: to miss her when I get home. Right now, I'm going to miss I'm her. This, <laughs> anyway. hey, this is Fish Talk Radio, and we have our host, uh, Mike the Grizz, uh, directed live from La Paz, Baja, California, Mexico. And, uh, Grizz, we just had a... <laughs> Great conversation with Ray Young about lobsters. If there's anything we don't want to know, but man, I'll tell you what, it's getting my juices flowing. And yeah, uh, you well,
8: know, there's you know the lobster from Maine and Nova Scotia, as we talked about in New Brunswick, are all fantastic. I, I think you know you never hear anything about the lobster from New Brunswick or Nova Scotia. It's because there's no people there. Yeah. <laughs> so they talk about the Maine lobster. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's the same as he said. I, I looked at when I was there. I went up fishing Brookies and in Nova Scotia, and, you know, I ordered lobster because it's very cheap there, and uh, they look the same. And also in New Brunswick, and it tastes the same. Not like the horrible ones down here.
1: Well, you know, I have to tell you a quick story. Uh, a few years ago, a dear friend of mine um, got married, and as my treat, I paid for her trip to Cabo, or I guess we went to East Cape. And you know, it was uh, you know, it was basically their honeymoon. They couldn't afford much, but. Uh, um, anyway, so she had her heart set on lobsters she'd heard all this stuff about lobster. And I said, uh, Therese, I, you know, don't really think I'd recommend that. And she goes, well, you know, I got my heart set on lobster and I go, well, whatever. And it was like $40 or something like that, which down there is a lot of money. And I said, well, I, you know, you do what you want, but that wouldn't be my first choice. And so she ordered lobster, and she was greatly disappointed. Um, and again, yeah.
8: Well, the thing of it is, you've got they live in that hot water. They're not that good. They don't even look like a lobster, to be honest with you. There's no claws. The spiny lobsters just have long feelers. They're not good, uh, but it's the romance. Of it all, yeah. To have steak and lobster doesn't matter if the lobster's any good or not. Yeah, you had steak, steak and, and lobster. lobster. Yeah. yeah. So my god, I'm in heaven. I'm rich.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess
8: they don't even talk about it. Doesn't yeah. taste any good, but uh, it's, it's a mental attitude.
1: Yeah. Well, also, um, I have to. Uh, we missed the first part of you because apparently I never told you that you are supposed to be hosting the show today. Um, sorry about that. But uh, we had uh, Joe Meyer from Berkeley on. And uh, um, the, uh, we were talking about... What are you what, talking what are about? The, lines? Or yeah, line, things? line, line. They're coming out with the hollow braid. He's going to send me some and I'll share it with you. Because uh, you know me and how good I am at tying knots, especially when you're trying to uh, tie microfiber to, to uh, some fluorocarbon or something, you end up with some big lump, that uh, usually ends up in a curly cue. But the whole concept of the hollow braid, where it kind of goes through like a Chinese finger trap. Um,
8: yeah, yeah, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, Berkeley sent us down some line and uh, we matched it up with Mono, and it's, it's
7: great.
8: I think you got a phone call. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think you got a phone call, John. All right, guys,
1: go ahead and interrupt it, yeah.
8: No, I think, I think Ray's
1: trying to call back in, but go ahead. But uh, anyway, anyway, we're, we're, anyway, Joe was on
8: the Berkeley stuff. They've got. There's no one any better right now than the Berkeley line, or of any type. Whether we talk about mono, whether we talking about braided, they, they've just completely go and. Every year they come up okay. with something, you just go, oh, my God, how can they do it again?
1: Well, you hear the music, Grizz, you know what that means. All right, you're listening. You, you heard the music, Fish Talk Radio, we're out of here.